Hello and welcome back to If You Give an Introvert a Podcast. You are here live, well not live. This isn't live. (laughs) I've had too much coffee and no breakfast. Okay, so this is episode number eight. I am here with a special guest. He happens to be my brother, my brother from another mother. Yes, another mother. We share the same dad, but different different mothers. His name is Abraham, goes by Abe, and he is a fellow philosopher just like me. We ask the questions, the deep questions. We want to know the answers and people's take on them. Um, so welcome, Abe. How are you doing this morning? Pretty good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Feel honored. Yes. Um, so a little bit about us. We didn't grow up in the same home. So I was raised by my mom and he was raised by his mom. But we have a common denominator of an absent father. So all of our siblings really like connected on that level of it's not our fault. It's his fault. But thanks for creating us. So. But I think that bond makes an interesting bond, but we all like, I don't know, just love each other and um, want everybody to succeed. So I first thought, Abe, I first thought you were um, an introvert like me, but come to find out you're an ambivert. So do you want to tell me why you're an ambivert or why you think you're an ambivert? Well... I think it's always been like that throughout my whole life. Um, I, I remember telling our sister Judy one time that naturally I want to be in, an introvert. Mm-hmm. I ra- if I could just escape with a book and be by myself, it'd be perfect. Yeah. But uh, I understand the importance of having communications outside. You can't be locked up right. in yourself all the time. It's bad for you. So... I think it's a mixture of my natural state of being inside mm-hmm. with my realization that I have to be outside. Okay. That's, that's an interesting take on it. I like that. Um, I like that you said, you know, you, you can't be inside all the time. And then for me, I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> oh, oh, trust me. I, I want to. but <laughs> I want to, but yeah. we're social creatures in the end. Uh, yeah, that, that does make sense. Like for me, I crave more of a connection. Like I do want to be social in, with a, like a small, small group of people, but not with like a dip, uh, big group of people. And I think that's where a lot of people or a lot of introverts also feel um, it doesn't have to be like, if you're out in public, it doesn't have to be like a big group setting. Um, but that's just like the turnoff for us introverts. We're like, oh, but the public's going to be there. <laughs> you can't control the public. No, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So um, we have a couple topics we're going to talk about today. The first one is anxiety. Um, so there's different types of anxiety. So I'm just going to read you the definition of just like general anxiety. Uh, It's intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Um, So there's different types of anxiety, but this one's just like the the general blanket of anxiety. Um, I do want to also tie in fear because anxiety tends to have physical symptoms that kind of correlate with fear, but they're two separate things. So fear is actually the body's... um, alarm reaction from a specific threat or danger so you get like accelerated heartbeat uh, rapid breathing maybe sweating but it's a present danger with anxiety like it's just it's not a specific threat um, and it's more like a future misfortune like you're thinking about something that could potentially happen 
but you also get the same physical reaction with um, fear, with accelerated heart rate, um, sweating, heavy breathing that goes along with that. So um, they're two separate things, but has that uh, chemical response, that biological that happens with associated with with fear. Because a, a lot of people don't understand what anxiety is, or like they think it's just a mental thing. But it's like, no, it has a physical response to that. Um, I wanted to get your your take on it um, and what how you feel about anxiety and maybe like some, some personal takes on it. Well, it's actually really interesting that you uh, put those both examples of anxiety and fear mm-hmm. and how they correlate. Uh, but not so much. They're, they're not simpatico, but mm-hmm. they still act in the same way. And I think that's a result of our higher intelligence mm-hmm. that us as human beings we have the the power of imagination Mm -hmm. it's something that no other animal as far as we've been able to do research on has been able to do and the fact that not only can we see fear right in front of us like how we used to be like when we were cavemen Mm -hmm. fighting off uh lions tigers and all that stuff uh, we're able to see the danger that's going to come the next day Mm-hmm. And that's that's been both beneficial and uh, hardship for both for for both sides because yeah. it's beneficial because since we could see the danger we could plan ahead so our survival rate shot up through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then as as we kept progressing with that same notion, we evolved and to a certain extent we became a little too sensitive towards mm-hmm. that. So any person that has uh, anxiety who has any type of fear. They'll tell you. They, they might not realize it at the moment, but after they calm down, they'll be like, well, it's not anything that was happening that moment. It's what could have happened. Yeah. It's the next step. I always try to uh, I always try to explain it to people that don't know about anxiety. Because mm-hmm. I didn't get anxiety my whole life. I barely got it three, four years ago. About three years ago. Um, and I try to explain it to people is that anxiety in the sense that we deal with it Think about you standing right at the edge of a cliff, right at the edge, like your toes are like right at the edge. Mm-hmm. When you look down and you just move a centimeter, you feel like you're rocking back and forth. Like, and that's just your innate survival instinct. So mm-hmm. any movement suddenly becomes very sensitive. And it's the same thing with anxiety. Any movement you make, any sound that you hear is amplified 10 times because you're in survival mode mm-hmm. because your your imagination your mind doesn't know the difference between a line being right there and you imagining that line mm-hmm. it just knows oh something's going on boom chemicals boom mm-hmm. boom boom that's why you're talking about heavy breathing heart rate because your body is getting ready to act either to run or to fight mm-hmm. and we don't have to fight off lines anymore right. so our fears have become in my take very too sensitive we're becoming weaker to a certain extent i have rational yeah 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 definitely um um for me like i just feel like we become sensitive towards the most idiotic things Mm -hmm. oh we don't want to be in front of people Mm -hmm. or oh uh i just don't want to go out like don't get me wrong i completely understand Mm -hmm. i get it on the drive here like i had to convince myself multiple times like get your ass there (laughs) so like i i completely understand where i have a problem with is that many of us with anxiety Mm -hmm. use it as a crutch or as an excuse to not persevere Mm -hmm. and i think that's where we're really failing and i think 
just a little bit of courage. And courage is not not feeling fear. It's feeling fear and doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, especially because I feel like with, with anything um, emotionally wise, like a lot of people try to like just put a lid on it. And like, uh, like if I don't feel it or if I put it away, like it'll be fine. Like I don't have to think about it, but it's still always going to be there. Same thing with like anxiety. Like you can't just pretend it's not there. You have to, to feel what you're feeling and ask yourself, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And I, I just have to push through it because if you don't go through it, then you can't get over it Exactly. in, in that sense. And and a lot of people are afraid to do that because they don't know what is gonna the outcome, what that's gonna look like, so, and they don't have control over that. So I think also like losing the sense of control and not knowing also is like a big anxiety. Like I don't know what's gonna happen, so that gives people anxiety. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like I don't know what's gonna happen. That's awesome in certain settings. Yeah. Um. But when you're talking about like going out in public and being sensitive. Um, I, I understand that as well. But for me, it's overstimulation. Like if it's too loud, because I'm a very auditory kind of person, I have really bad vision. But so I think my auditory like kind of picks up the slack. So I have really, really, really good hearing. I could hear like across the house if somebody says Susie, like very low. I'm like, what? I'm like, how did you hear that? I just have really good hearing. So when I go out and there's a lot of people, it's just so much noise that I, I feel like I can't hone into one. Like I'm overstimulated and I have to be a part of all the conversations. And I think it goes with um, like the survival mode. Like I need to be alert for me. Like I've, I always need to be alert if there's going to be any danger. Mm-hmm. So I can't do that if I can't like concentrate on things. So it's just like overstimulation of auditory for me. And that's why I, I can't be in the public for too long when it's like that. Yeah. Or else I just disassociate and like go to like a corner and then just kind of like tune everything out. Oh yeah, I, to- I totally understand that. I think I think you hit three key points uh, that's worth going diving into, mm-hmm. like just a little bit at each one. One I really like is that you were talking about the lid. Mm-hmm. Um, the sec, uh, the other one was overstimulation, mm-hmm. and another one is loss of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are very good ones because those all play intertwined to each other, and they enhance one or the other. Yeah. Um, for the lid part uh, about keeping your emotions bottled up. You were talking about, and they just don't leave. Mm-hmm. They'll be there. And and that's halfway true because not only do they not leave, but they almost ferment mm-hmm. in there and they become even stronger. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, at least for my anxiety, my anxiety started with me because uh, I was partying too much. I was going out a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I was very extroverted. Mm-hmm. I made myself be extroverted, which I love. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I love that stuff. <clears throat> but I wanted to change my life, so I started being more inclusive to myself, started reading more books, I, I, and I slowly stopped going outside, which was a good part, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, detoxing yourself from bad situations is perfect. Right. <laughs> but I took it a little too far, mm-hmm. and I stopped going out, period, and it slowly started becoming a, uh, an issue for me. Mm-hmm. And it, so, and then I was like, oh, well, I don't want to go out. And I was like, 
I don't really feel like going out. And mm-hmm. then it was, it started going like, well, I can't go out. Mm-hmm. And it, and it started growing from there. It went from like, it went from like, I just, I don't, I'm not too energetic to talk to people. Then it was like, I just can't talk to people because they're annoying or mm-hmm. I'm, a, I feel yeah. like I'm annoying. And then it manifested into like, I can't because I have a literal fear mm-hmm. of talking to people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's going to happen to anybody for yeah. any type of anxiety. You bottle that stuff up. It's like, yeasting bread it's Mm -hmm. gonna it's gonna grow and and i feel like a lot of our generation has lost that ability to to deal with those things i think we're more i think we're more equipped with distractions i feel like our Mm -hmm. parents didn't have those distractions Mm -hmm. They had to deal with it because there was nothing else to do. Where you're gonna go kick a rock around? Like, I mean, yeah, I would love to go kick a rock. Oh, I love kicking rocks. Yeah. When I take walk, when I take walks, those little rocks, I try to kick them. I you feel like pay, I feel them. like Pele, you know, just go, taking it into the goal. I, I I pick them up and collect them. <laughs> I'm not that sensitive. I'm, I collect. Rocks. I'm a man. I gotta kick stuff around. I'm either building or destroying. Those are the only two modes men have. What, when you walk by a tree that has a low branch, I got do you get, it. I do you got have to it. Hit I, it? No, I want to climb it. Oh, I was like, like, no, like a low branch, not like stuff. Oh, that you oh, have, yes, like yes. you have to like smack it. Yeah, of course. Like, tree. Yeah. No, it's not even like tree. Is I give it more. That's like a nature high five right there. Oh, I like it's that. It's bringing its branch down for humans for us oh, to be like, hey, what's up, man? Know? I'm here. I'm growing. I'm gonna be here after you're gone. Give me a high five, buddy. I like that. But yeah. now I'm gonna be like high fiving all the trees, and people are like, what is wrong? With well, don't be, too <laughs> abra- don't be too aggressive. You know, like a nice, gentle, like, hey, man, nice little workout, okay. or hey, man, you're kicking ass in life. You're growing. That photosynthesis is doing oh good God, for you. You know, that, that stuff is good. But not like, man, fuck yeah. Bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Power bombing every, every tree. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Um, We're talking about lids. <laughs> okay, so so there is that part yeah. about bottling up. And mm-hmm. I feel like the first step to uh, either managing your anxiety mm-hmm. or getting rid of it because it is possible to get mm-hmm. rid of it it's totally possible the same way a lot of people think like the problem with humans is that as soon as we feel something bad we feel that's it like that's yeah. it we're dead right. we're on the floor <laughs> lions are yeah. gonna eat us like and it's natural for us to do that because mm-hmm. scientifically it's been proven that we respond way more to bad stimuli than good stimuli yeah. because bad stimuli back in the day meant you're fucking dying yeah <laughs> so so I completely understand it, but the first step to to get over it or to at least manage it is you have to open up those feelings. And mm-hmm. part of opening up those feelings is that you're going to feel. Yeah. And it's going to suck because it's not good feelings. It's not like you just ran a marathon. And it's not good feelings that you're it's going to suck. Yeah. And but the beauty about us is that as long as god gives us another day we have another day to work on it and and it's just that it's just the strength to be like if i could just move one centimeter Mm -hmm. i'm good and and that amounts to something uh what is it there's that saying uh a grain of sand makes a heap Mm -hmm. you know like it's gonna pile up eventually yeah oh yeah i i totally agree especially because when, when you were explaining how you were like slowly retracting and the feelings you were getting, I kind of saw like a mental picture of steps, like you were taking steps back, like to, and, but you knew like that's where it led. Like you knew exactly like first I felt this and this and this, and then I couldn't. So 
So for me, I feel like each time you're just tightening the lid mm-hmm. to that. And for me, when I was younger, I was the only introvert in the family of extroverts. So it was really hard for me to even say anything. So no, I never spoke up because it was too loud. And like, I was like, there's no way I'm going to yell. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, like, it was just too much. So I bottled everything, bottled all my emotions to the point that my siblings felt that I was a robot <laughs> because I didn't show emotion, but it's not, it's because everything was so tight in these jars that one day they, it just exploded. Like what a sight. <laughs> it was oh, like, it's so true. Like it doesn't matter how tight the lid is one day. It's going to be too much that it's just going to come out. And it's going to come out however it comes out. And it's usually mm-hmm. not the core emotion or the core problem. It's, um, it's something else that kind of, you know, when you're saying the analogy of, of fermentation, like it's going to be something explosive. So, so with me, even though inside I was feeling neglected, I was feeling sad, and all these emotions they turned into anger mm-hmm. because I just had enough. And I was a violent child for a while because I didn't know how to control my emotions because I didn't even know what the the cause of them or like kind of unraveling, like, why do I even feel this way? Mm-hmm. So, so for a while, like, that's what my siblings and my cousins saw where she's crazy, like, she's violent. Like, what is wrong with her? But if you've known previously to that, I was so quiet and I never said anything. Mm -hmm. So I was just like bottling everything up. So I feel like it's very important to address emotions because it could be dangerous to you and other people around you. And for me, losing that sense of control of my emotions is not something I like to do, especially when it comes out in anger, when there's other ways you could express that. Definitely. and I just feel good thing you're talking about a lot about emotions. Uh, we are emotional creatures, and the way I like to think about it is that we're a river of emotions. Oh, yeah. And for you to try to block that river, mm-hmm. it may work for a couple of days, it may work for a couple of months, it may even work for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But that river is gonna pile yeah. up, and it's gonna overflow, and it's the the dam will break. It, yeah, it will break. Mm-hmm. And I feel like our generation, we need to start learning how to how to work with our feelings mm-hmm. like because like i said I, I i like the the picture of the river is because you can't never really control the river all you yeah. can really do is ride it mm-hmm. you know you could uh, you could appreciate it you could ride on it you could fish on it like but you can always work with it in mm-hmm. some type of a way or, or or level but you can never control it it's a it's a nature thing yeah so and what i mean by that is that one day down the river some anger might be coming by yeah. and you gotta you gotta deal with it mm-hmm. you gotta let it pass feel it let it pass and then but the beauty thing is that there's also love there's happiness mm-hmm. there's excitement mm-hmm. there's a sense of adventure i remember this one time um when i was young and stupid <laughs> um i was doing a lot of drugs to party mm-hmm. and my favorite drug was ecstasy and ecstasy what it does it releases uh endorphins inside mm-hmm. your mind you already have it naturally every time you ever felt super happy it's mm-hmm. releasing that right. all it, that does is that it, it opens up the gate way more and i remember i did so much ecstasy one day i think it was for new year's hooray um and i did so much is that 
I used up all my all my endorphins. Mm-hmm. So the next couple of weeks, I had no emotions, mm-hmm. and I mean not depressed, yeah, not anger, no emotions. Mm-hmm. I felt neither happiness or sadness. And let me tell you, like when you lose all your emotions, you'll be happy to even feel depressed. Wow. <laughs> at some point, like I remember sitting around at the park, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" I was with my friend. I won't name him, but. I don't think he would appreciate it, but uh, we're just sitting around, and I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, like, I feel like a zombie, mm-hmm. but luckily, at least in that point, for a happy ending story, uh, we were very ten- uh, tenacious, and we're like, we're gonna get over it, we're mm-hmm. gonna, you know, and we did, but what I'm trying to say there is that, well, what I'm trying to say with that story is that a lot of us, we're, we're feeling too much, mm-hmm. and you... Uh, to a certain extent, to a certain extent, you should be very glad that you're feeling anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. It's tough to be human, and and I feel like we're forgetting that. I feel like we're just uh, we want the easy stuff. We want oh, the yeah, happy life. We sure. want the white picket fans, but we want none of the trouble. Right. And you're gonna be emotional. You're always gonna be emotional. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're alive. And the fact that you're alive is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm gonna get that tattooed on my face. Uh, <laughs> as you can tell, I don't I don't have any tattoos. I'm very critical of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I love that, especially the river analogy, because I feel like it's important to not like block anything or try to divert let's say the river in any way and just let it flow because if you have if you block it or if you experience too much of one thing, you're not gonna let other things you're not gonna be able to experience other things mm-hmm. as well. And I think that's a lot of people when they hold on to anger. Like, they're just so adamant. But like, I have so much anger. I was like, just let let some of that go. Like, you don't have room for good things because you're focused on anger or revenge or this. And it's like, that's your life. You have to live with that your, like by yourself, in your body, in your mind. It's not affecting other people. Well, not usually, but... It's affecting your life. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, I always want to shake people. Like, get <laughs> control of your life. Like, stop tying it to other people or other people's emotions or what they can do or can't do. Just worry about yourself, basically. Like, yes. you, it's all internal. Like, everything. I think people just don't have humility anymore. Mm. It takes a lot of humility to be angry at somebody or something mm-hmm. and just be like, you know what? I have to deal with it. I have to work mm-hmm. on it. You know, like, and I think that's why a lot of people suffer in relationships because they, they're not humble enough. Mm-hmm. Like, even if the other person messes up in some type of way. Right. Some people are not humble enough to be like, you know what? It's not that it's fine because you, you should still work on it and fix it, but to not have that vengeful spitefulness mm-hmm. to, to have that other person feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, I've had this conversation before um with my loved one um we're humans you're mm-hmm. gonna hurt me yeah like as long as we're alive we're gonna hurt each other in some mm-hmm. capacity the, the important thing is is that are we able to put that aside are we able to be humble enough to be like yes you made me feel this but let me put this aside and let's work this out mm-hmm. and, and that and that and that translates to anxiety as well mm-hmm. like i'm feeling this but let me put this aside so I can work on my life. You can't just be in your room letting mm-hmm. life pass you by because then it will be worse. It, it's like, yeah. 
if you think it's bad when you're feeling it, imagine when everything else manifests around it. Mm-hmm. Because it, right now it's just manifesting in your feelings, which right. is already tough enough. But right. imagine when everything else happens around it. Uh, if you have kids, your kids mm-hmm. are going to uh, be suffering from that. Yeah. Your parents, they're going to be heartbroken because they're seeing their child mm-hmm. uh, like that. Your significant other, they're, they're not. If they stay with you, it's going to be a horrible relationship. And yeah. if they leave, you're going to be even lonelier. Mm-hmm. So it's always going to manifest outward the the important part is for you to catch it while it's still in you yeah set it aside and then start working yeah um i like that you brought up manifesting because i i believe like what like people say you are what you think like if you're gonna be thinking about all these negative things then you're gonna find negative things to focus on and you're like see see then you're gonna find things that validate your feelings like i wasn't wrong because this and this and that where you could take that same focus but switch it to finding the things that actually bring you joy. Like, and then you could look for those and like, oh, so this, this happened. Okay, so that brings me joy. Exactly. So then you're manifesting that instead of the, the negative, the toxic, the exactly. bad. And I feel like it's just a mindset. But my, the mind is crazy, but also like being open to, to things is for me has been what keeps me going like my drive is never thinking that I know more than anybody never thinking that I'm um, beneath anybody or less than anybody at the same time and just going for things that some people won't go for because they're limiting themselves because they're like oh I can't I can't do that like it takes a certain type of talent or certain type of people but it's like you're you're limiting yourself yes well we were actually talking about that before the podcast about mm-hmm. what you're, with your song coming out and with me i don't know if that's was that what did i just it's okay debuted it it's okay everybody forget what i just said <laughs> fast forward um, it's all fake news it's everybody. Fake, fake. fake news everybody i'm sorry it's okay uh, uh but besides my extremely talented sister over here doing something very secretive that i won't name but uh and then me that i i remember i i was like a year in reading books and i I remember finishing one book and i'm like you know what i can fucking do this Mm -hmm. like and then i started writing a book and i now i have like i think eight different book ideas that i'm not all working on them at the same time because you can't juggle that many Mm -hmm. at the same time but i have them in the bank already and then i'm already working on one and i remember many people have told me like how like like in polite words like you know this is hard right mm-hmm. and i'm just like well yeah yeah yeah, look, <laughs> yeah. yeah it is hard and, and they're like but you know like how the chances of you actually being famous i'm like well first of all i don't want to be famous right. like <laughs> i just think that i'm a good storyteller mm-hmm. i think i enjoy it when i write I, I love reading my own stories um and that's all i want like if that went to fruition that i would be rich and famous that's only a side effect to mm-hmm. what my passion is yeah excuse me um yeah like anybody that has ever been extremely successful they didn't i i bet you 99 percent mm-hmm. of them they didn't say like they're i want to be this so i could be rich and famous mm-hmm. you know like soccer players uh like well I, i'm not gonna get too technical i don't know how many people know about soccer players but there's certain uh soccer players like uh, Rolandinho, I pronounced his name incredibly wrong. Sorry, um, he's he was I consider him one of the best, if not the best. Mm-hmm. 
and he didn't do it to become rich and famous. He did it because he loves soccer. Mm-hmm. You can just tell the way yeah. he he kicks the well, the way he kicked the ball. He's not playing anymore. Uh, the way he kicked the ball, the way he danced around people, like mm-hmm. it, it, he was at a level that goes beyond just pursuing a career. That's mm-hmm. just something he just that's his passion. He yeah, love. And when you have passion, it watch. I'll even bring it more closer to personal. Like when I first started working out. I was a hundred and twenty pounds, scrawny little kid. I could barely <laughs> lift five pounds. I remember. But, uh, but I remember just saying, you know what? Like, I want to do this, mm-hmm. and I struggled. I struggled. I've, I've worked out so hard that I've bled through my nose. Oh my god! I've cried after leg workouts. Like yeah. I'd be getting off the the leg extensions, and my legs felt like there were, somebody mm-hmm. just went in there and just tearing my fibers apart, and I fell on the ground and I would cry. Jeez. But not of sadness, of pure exhilaration like there is nothing better than you're in your element being in your element and just crushing it Mm -hmm. and like and trust me i did not crush it in the beginning Mm -hmm. like i i sucked yeah i sucked um but as the people that seen me like a couple years ago like they would they would accuse me of using steroids because of how passionate Mm -hmm. i was and just for the record i never used steroids uh just good eating (laughs) um but, but that's what I'm trying to say is that it's not about w- what talent you were born with. Don't get me wrong. I will not yeah. lie. There is a certain amount of talent that right. you do have to be born with. You do have limits. But 99% of the limits that you think you have are false. Mm-hmm. You do have limits and you will reach your limits. But you'll but they're way higher than mm-hmm. what 99% of the people think they yeah. are. And it's just about trying it it yeah. really is just like just dig in there go for it what's the worst that could happen you the worst that could happen is that you'll end up exactly where you are right now yeah you might as well go for it. yeah oh my gosh you hit a lot of points so let's i'm gonna go back to the one sorry i'm like, like a you're, you're I'm, just, like a I'm, machine, like, oh I'm like a machine i'm like a machine gun i'm just going everywhere <laughs> like, i'm sorry oh God, yes i guess i have input so when people say you know it's gonna be hard and that's just them projecting their like oh my God, I can't do that because it's going to be hard, but they're not willing to do the work. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to go for it. And a lot of people feel like they're they're going to lose at something, like just the mentality like, oh, what if I lose? It's like, what exactly are you losing here? First of all, like if it's not like an experience, you've gained an experience of anything. And losing is all a mentality. Like it's different. It means different things to different people. For me, I never lose. I always have a new experience and I grow as a person or I know, okay, well, I guess I don't like that. So I'm going to do this, but at least I tried it. Um, But I think it's the fear of losing, the fear of not knowing. And also a new one is a fear of actually succeeding, which I didn't really think about until like um, I was listening to another podcast. Like people, some people are afraid like, well, what if I actually make it? And they're afraid of success, which I'm like, huh. It's understandable. Yeah. It's a whole new pressure. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Um, because there's a difference between climbing the mountain and then holding on to the right. Top. And a lot of people that climb the mountain and reach the quote unquote top or whatever they think it's success, pretty soon realize, well, then what now? Or like, what's what's next? So then they like have like a cap. Like, well, I reached the point where I wanted to reach. But I have nothing, like, that's it. And, but for me, it's always, like, a growth or developing yourself. Um, but anyway, so that's just kind of, like, a side thing. But, so, it's going to be hard, yes. Anything in life worth pursuing is going to be hard. It's just doing it. And 
I feel like we should have a shift in when people say, try to like tell you, well, you know, like these kind of people are the people that make it. Like, do you really think that you have what it takes? Like, instead of doing that, why don't you say, go for it? Like, yeah, I think you're going to crush it. Like, let me see what you got. Like, go, go out and do it. If we just switch that, imagine like the repercussion imagine the ripple effect you'll have not just on that person but if they do it and they're and they're in their element how many people are going to be watching that person and then also going to be like inspired by that so i always think about that of the ripple effect but it's because of um grand my grandpa leonard who taught us that like do one thing and then see how many people affects in a positive way. And then it's a chain reaction. So I think that's why my mentality of like cheering people on or being positive is kind of, it came from him because it's like you could be, you have nothing to lose with like being positive or encouraging somebody because it's not about you. It's about them. Like some people feel like they need permission to do something when they don't. Like, nobody needs permission to, like, do whatever they want. But they're tied to, like, what will people think of me, kind mm-hmm. of, to, to do it. Um, but anyway, I, I feel like I'm having a lot of, like, side conversations. No, I, I, feel, I, no, I, feel, I feel like it, it's my fault. I'm like, just I'm, so I'm, passionate about I'm, it. I'm, I'm going in 19 different directions. But just to go off just a little bit on what you were saying, that about the ripple effect and mm-hmm. who you affect. Um, and it's so true. Like, cause like, like I said in the beginning that we are social creatures. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you do, you're either going to affect this world. I, I like, uh, Jordan Peterson talks about it. He's, he talks about the scales of the world from mm-hmm. good and evil. And from you just opening the door for somebody, you're tilting the scales just mm-hmm. a little bit towards good. And I think that's virtuous. I think that's, I think that's something that we should all remember to do. I think we're so glued to our selfness yep. that. And don't get me wrong, we should work on ourselves, but there are other people out here, and mm-hmm. and what you do does affect other people, Absolutely. regardless. Yeah. Um, we are the grains of sand in this earth, and we all make a heap, mm-hmm. and it, it matters. It really does matter, and I think that's good pressure and negative pressure at the same time. Yeah. Negative pressure in the sense like, wow, like I got this responsibility, mm-hmm. but also positive pressure that, wow, I have this mm-hmm. responsibility. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's like, uh, like Uncle Ben told Peter Parker, <laughs> <laughs> Peter with, yeah. with great yeah. power comes great responsibility. And yeah. I think that's one of the greatest lines ever because yeah. to a certain extent, even I feel like we see famous people, we see great people and we're like, wow, they came out of the womb like that like mm-hmm. that's untouchable which is not true mm-hmm. like they they were yeah. a, a great majority of them were nobodies yeah and and it's just about and it's just about making the right decisions about knowing that you are a force in this world and and you are responsible for a lot and and that shouldn't be cause for anxiety that should be a cause for great joy i feel like suicide is up mm-hmm. because a lot of people yeah. feel that purposelessness mm-hmm. and and no like you you were born here for a reason me like i don't push it on nobody well to a certain extent i do but i am a christian and i do believe in god and i think mm-hmm. i was born here i think we were all born here for a specific purpose mm-hmm. a specific good purpose a higher good mm-hmm. and 
and that's a and, and that should be cause to wake up in the morning and be like wow yeah i got another chance right. let's do this yeah it's a beautiful thing it is it's definitely a beautiful thing unfortunately a lot of people don't don't see it that way like they don't see it as <clears throat> this is a gift and we obviously don't know why we're here but we know we're here so it's depending on your religious it's, background but at the same time like would you you have a choice like you could go down this path or this path and if you don't have like a, a moral compass or like a purpose driven like i am here for a reason then you're gonna get lost in a lot of a lot of things a lot of distractions mm -hmm. for me ever since i was little i don't know if it's because i'm an introvert or because <laughs> i had a lot of time by myself but i always felt like i did have purpose i was like there there has to be a reason like there has to be a reason and also going through a lot of hardships i was like there has to be a reason why i'm going through this so i always looked at it as I have to go through these things so I could show people how to get through it that are also going through the same things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I want to do when I get um, my degree in psychology is also be a speaker, um, a motivational speaker with that and just share my stories and also hopefully instill confidence in other people and help them kind of remove the fog of all these limitations that we put on ourselves like why don't we think outside the box or why don't we you know what we're talking about like feelings and all this stuff like there's a different way we can look at it and we could all be better for it and hopefully they could turn around and do the same for for other people or have conversations um, like, unfortunately, these are the type of things that I love talking about, but not a, pe not a lot of people like to or have the time to because, it, you know, we dive deep. And, and they're not willing to because they're like, oh, well, now I have to share a part of me. You know, mm -hmm. they're going to know a little bit about me. But through being vulnerable, you connect at a deeper level. And I feel like we understand each other better if you do peel off some of those layers and not make it superficial. So that's my thing about also like being introverts, like people aren't, aren't willing to, to talk about this. Like people are just like, hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Okay, bye. It's like, how are you really doing? <laughs> I don't think you're doing good. Like yeah. your, your energy is very off. Like t let's, let's have a conversation. Yeah, I think you should definitely have conversations. Obviously not with like if you go to the store and right. cashier register, like, how can. you doing? <laughs> well, you know my girlfriend left me. You know it's been tough. Oh I can't God. pay the electricity bill. You don't want to. You don't <laughs> no, want to. Okay. You don't want to go there. Right. But with friends, family, yeah. of course, you know, like it's. I feel like we're all very close. Yeah. Like I feel like in the age of social media, like mm -hmm. we're so. We're so stuck mm -hmm. on the surface. I was, yeah. gonna, I was doing this in front of my face, but <laughs> I forgot this is a podcast. It's okay. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like we're so surface-based mm -hmm. that we forget that human beings are incredibly complex. Oh, super complex. Don't get me wrong. To a certain extent, we're very simple and we're very alike. That's our from, complexity. Yeah, we're exactly. <laughs> exactly. And no, and there is something to that. There's yeah. something, like... There's something complex to a rock. Like mm -hmm. you look at a rock far away, but if you go dive in with a microscope, there's incredible yeah. complexity into that. So it's the same thing here. Like in the surface base, we're very simple. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we have emotions, we have 
thought base. We have our perceptions of everything else. Very simple stuff. But once you start diving into the mixture and how each one manifests mm-hmm. into every individual, it starts getting a little complex. Yeah. So, so yeah, of course, I have, I feel that it's 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 hard to find certain people like that because as a majority, as the average, a majority at this point, I'm pretty sure we're not capable. We're not taught how to open up mm-hmm. and open up with something of substance yeah. with something of purity because oh we open up like you want to talk about a pop idol you want to talk about some ridiculous stuff they're all for that me personally i don't know any of that stuff because that doesn't interest me mm-hmm. you want to talk about philosophy you want to talk about history you want to talk about uh psychology mm-hmm. i'm all in this yeah. this do this that's why i came here mm-hmm. not just because you're my sister uh but also because this is a really good opportunity for people to to hear and to kind of see that it is possible that there is people out there that if you are feeling a certain way you're gonna have to keep trying you're gonna have to say you're gonna have to say a little bit of load here and be Mm -hmm. like is the person reacting okay no let me say a little bit over here with this person all right no let me see this person and then finally on the 67th person maybe not even that much (laughs) maybe maybe not not even that much it could be the fourth person but i like being extravagant uh i'm pronouncing the words wrong now extra extra very <laughs> very extra um yeah you will find that person mm-hmm. and you everybody has had that when you had that conversation with that one person like holy bonkers mm-hmm. like i gotta get this person's number i gotta get follow them somehow yeah. i gotta see this person again it's yeah. it, it was a good talk that's actually how i met my the love of my life mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. i was able to have that conversation with her yeah and we continue having those conversations and and it's a beautiful thing i think that's what excuse me i think that's what's helped me a lot to develop maturely uh, emotionally because she makes me talk about stuff that even though i like being very philosophical she makes me talk about very deep stuff that i don't like telling people (laughs) but i I opened up to her and i gotta say it's it's a blessing you gotta find yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, like i know this generation is all about self-care and i and i will critique that right now in a little bit but i know we're all about self-care usness you know meanness um but no you you need to find that special somebody you really do it's worth it you're gonna fail (laughs) you're gonna fail uh of finding that person a couple times i bet i bet we all have i have but once you find that one person that you can open up, and I mean truly open mm-hmm. up and really be simpatico and being mm-hmm. able to, I say this, you say this, yeah. I understand this, I don't understand this, let's just go off of this. And they're right. like, it's, it's something beautiful. And I think that's what a lot of us are losing mm-hmm. in our generation. That That's why we have a little bit less purpose because we're, uh, we're being taught in schools and outside that, no, the main thing you should do is worry about your career. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, making money is important. You gotta <laughs> need a place to stay. You need a car. You need to buy hamburgers. I completely understand. Don't buy hamburgers, people. Don't buy, buy them. I, I'm being. It's just an example. Uh, but that's not the most important thing that's in life. I think the most important thing is people, and not just a people, because you could have millions of friends, which is very important. But finding that one person that you can lay down next mm-hmm. to and just be okay with. Not not even be spectacular, but just be okay with. <laughs> and if you can be spectacular, yeah. that's even great. I feel like I'm spectacular with my significant other, but just to be okay with that, that's what's important. Because mm-hmm. by the time you're dead, 
by the time you're dying in your last breath, you're not going to be worried about how much money did you gross in mm-hmm. at the end of the year. You're not going to be worried about the position that you held in your job. No, you're going to be you're going to be holding hands with that other person. And if you're lucky enough to with your kids and that's that's the meaning of life. I know a lot of people say, oh, the meaning of life is so mysterious. It could be anything. It's not. It's love and love for your closest family members, for your mm-hmm. For those people that are there in your heart, nothing can take it out. Mm-hmm. You could lose your money. You could, you, you could even die. But that feeling, that, that stays strong. And yeah. that's the meaning of life. You brought up a lot of interesting points. I'm sorry. I keep, going off. I keep, going, I keep going off. It's so crazy. So many things. There, I feel like I always have to do part twos with, with people. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, so I'm going to, I feel like... I'm going to answer, I'm going to go off of what you said, and then we're going to have to do a part two about this, because, um, yeah. always willing. Okay, so, it's interesting that you brought up, um, you you know, the meaning of life, and love, and partnership, and all that. So, I got a fortune cookie the other day. <laughs> <laughs> we're all great wisdom is bestowed. We're right, you know, the factories of somewhere. Um, I live my life with every fortune cookie. I never, ever, I always laugh at my fortune cookies, because, but they're always, they're never, they're like, you will, tomorrow, it's like, what? No. So vague. It's, it's so like the, it's vague. Like the, it's like the zodiac signs. Everybody at me, but I don't believe in that stuff. I, I believe in a, a lot of little bits of things. Because I don't want to be closed-minded. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of person I am. I, wanna, I want... Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I got... My mom was calling it. Mess... Mother! I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Always calling it the wrong Mom, time. really? Does your mom do that too? All the time. Oh, my God. All How do the they know this? It's like a sixth sense. They just know. Once they, we come out the womb, it's like, a, they- it's like a connection. <laughs> like forever and for, until the day I die, I yeah. will interrupt this person (laughs) anyway um i love you mom um love you too (laughs) (laughs) okay so the fortune cookie and i was just laughing because i opened it up and it said what did it say i have to grab it i i have it i can't i don't want to mess it up oh don't worry okay it says true love is worth waiting for brought to you by panda express panda <laughs> express you golden wisdom you panda express and i looked at it and i was like do i believe in true love and what is true love and i was just like asking myself like all these questions and it's because yeah you're saying about the culture now is being selfish and me and stuff like that. I agree and also don't disagree because I, we talked about this in my last episode um, with my friend Hannah, who's my vocal coach. Mm -hmm. You can't pour onto others if you don't have that yourself. So yes, I want to share. I want to be kind. I want to share my love and all this stuff with people, but you have to have that first or else you get, emptiness you Mm -hmm. get you you know and so I when I was married a long time ago I married this person that always said I don't love myself and then I'm like well how do you how can you love me and he couldn't Mm -hmm. he would say I love you but he was 
all of his words and actions was not that. Like it was the opposite of that. So if you don't have love for yourself, you you can't, how can you love others? You don't know what that feels like. So for me, in order to be present for others, in order to help people, in order to love others, I have to make sure I have that for myself. And that's when I could do it for others. But I don't want to be selfish with it. I don't like, no, it's just for me. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody back off. Like, for me, it's essential. It's a first step to share it with, with the people, with everybody else. Um, and we use the analogy of, you know, a pitcher with a water. You can't pour onto others if there's no water in there. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to fill it up and then pour onto others. Oh, I completely agree. I think, and, and it's funny enough that you're saying this because that's exactly what I was telling my mother. Mm-hmm. I believe it's somewhere around a month ago. Somewhere around there, give or take. Um, and we were talking about how I found my, my, the love of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how other people kind of have a misconception about finding other people. I think they have a laundry list of mm-hmm. people. And they're like, I want, I want, like, if it's a guy, like, I want this, I mm-hmm. want this, I want that. I want him to be rich. I want him to be handsome. I want him to be kind. And, and that's perfectly fine if that's mm-hmm. what you want. Right. You might not check all those check boxes, but if you want to have that list, that's perfectly fine. But mm-hmm. then that's only 50% of the work. Mm-hmm. The other 50% is like, what kind of woman does that man want? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I asked myself a year before I met uh, my, um, the love of my life. Um, I love that you say that, by the way. <laughs> well, it's what I feel. No, I know, but I just love that you say, like, you don't say her name, you don't say my girlfriend, you say the love of my life. Yeah. I, keep going, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> she's, she's the sweetest person in the world. Um, and it's funny enough that the year before I met her, it was... I knew I was going to meet her before I met her. Why? Because the year before I met her, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what kind of girl do I want? Mm-hmm. And I'll be specific on this part. Um, I want a girl that respects her family, mm-hmm. that respects herself. She's genuine. She's kind. She, she, uh, she's motivated. And then, but, but I didn't stop there. That's where most guys stop. They're like, and most guys have more superficial mm-hmm. laundry list, but mine was more internal. Right. Um, and that's usually where they stop, but they never say, okay, what kind of man is she going to want? And mm-hmm. I ask myself that. I'm like, well, what kind of man is that woman going to want? Well, she's going to want somebody that respects her family, respects himself, is virtuous, is good, and is also motivational. They, you have to be sympathetic in that sense. So what did I do? Well, I stopped partying. I became more religious, not just to get a woman, but because also another journey that we could talk about in a different podcast mm-hmm. if you like. But... uh but I also, but I changed in that sense. I cha- I changed in that sense because um, because I knew it was gonna be it, it was gonna bring me fruits that I wasn't getting right now. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I made these changes, and then a year later, after sacrificing, after doing what I had to do, I met her, and and it's where the tire meets the road. It it was just perfect. It mm-hmm. fit. And yeah, and that's why I and that's why I didn't surprise. At first, it did. Like at the first week, I was like in total disbelief. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a fucking dream. <laughs> I'm gonna wake up. Or like, all right, somehow I'm gonna mess it up. But as the time kept going, kept going by, and I started really thinking about it, especially writing down my thoughts in my journal. Which guys, I know you guys don't like to have journals and diaries, but my journal. Just call it a book that you write certain <clears throat> words in. Call it like that. You can say industrial stuff like that. Just industrial. Yeah. <laughs> Industry, industrial, industrial thoughts from the brain that makes me move and think. 
you could think of it like that. But anyway, so I, so yeah, so I, as I wrote it down, I started realizing that it's not a coincidence. It wasn't luck that made mm-hmm. me find her. It was the path that I took of changing myself that made it possible. How many times have you ever met somebody and you say like, oh, it just wasn't the right time or we, mm-hmm. we were in, in different levels? And it is true. Like, it could be that you right. were at the wrong time and different levels. But that's either her fault or your fault mm-hmm. because you didn't make the moves, to the, the sacrifices to become a better man. Because any woman could tell you that she wants a man. Right. She doesn't want somebody that's not motivated, that's not kind to her, that would cheat on her. She, she doesn't want any of that. Right. She, she, she wants somebody that could protect, that could, that could be there for her at her worst and at her best. Mm-hmm. And you have to be that man. Like, I know this generation is all about, like, I just want sex. Look, sex is fine and dandy <laughs> for little kids. For why kids. why I meant, like, for teenagers hopped up on hormones. So, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 uh, on hormones. Yeah, yeah. What's that, what's that saying? Like, young, dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I've never heard of that. Well, now it's burned into your brain. Oh, wow. Um, but it is very true. But yeah. But sex is it, sex is instant gratification that doesn't last. It's like cocaine. You sniff it up, you feel incredibly mm-hmm. good for five minutes, yeah. and then you want more cocaine. Um, it's the same thing with sex. That's that's not what's what's. That's not a long term strategy. Right. A long term strategy is building that strong relationship, and to build that strong relationship, you have to have that foundation yourself right. to build that strong relationship. You can't just be like, "I want this person," and I'll figure it out on the way. No, you have. To have that, the gears that are meant for it to work together. Mm-hmm. You have to. And that, I feel like that's why the divorce rate's high. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like that's why a lot of people break up in their yeah. relationships too easily. Because either one or both don't work on it. And right. you have to work on it. And both. You both have to work on it. Yes. The one person cannot it, make a relationship you can, work. You can't carry it. And, exactly. And that's just that. Exactly. Um, about the making a, a laundry list and qualities but also saying okay what do i bring i literally in my little book behind my um peace lily plant (laughs) wrote out my list of what i want in a partner but not just physical it was and there's nothing wrong with physical attributes either like you don't want a fat ass like no don't get me wrong like look like i'm I'm very strict on that too that you have to be sexually aroused with your partner you have to but it's not the most exactly Exactly. Um, so I wrote a list, and behind that list, I wrote what I needed to bring to the table. So I completely agree. You can't just wish upon a star and be like, okay, this is one, the kind of person I want. Bam. And it's like, well, do you deserve that person? Mm-hmm. If you want this, this, and this, and that, are you also this, 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 and that? And more, I feel like. <clears throat> so for me, I totally get it. Like, I feel like, you attract who you are. So if you want that caliber of a person, you have to work on yourself and be that person for them as well. So I, yeah, I think I wrote my list like last year sometime too. But, but I know exactly like what I'm looking for. And I don't, but at the same time, I'm not dating. <laughs> uh, don't be but, a, don't but, be a battered, uh, don't be a battered uh, ex divorced wife. Like I look, I've, I've, ne- no, I've, I've not, never been divorced, no, 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 right. and my heart goes out to you. 
not just by sister brother turns but just to anybody because i know because yeah. i know it, it, it's, it's, horrible. it's a horrible thing yeah. but not to get too personal like my mom she never remarried and mm. i and look she says she's happy and look i believe her she's mm-hmm. very into christ mm-hmm. and and she is very happy but i still tell it to this day i'm like I think you might have made a little bit of a mistake mm-hmm. overcompensating mm-hmm. to be self-sufficient and, and independent. Don't get me wrong. My mother is the toughest woman mm-hmm. I know. And my heart goes out to her. I have millions of respects for her. But her one mistake is closing herself off yeah. to that lane. I know it's very hurtful. And I know mm-hmm. it's very hurtful for you. I know it's very hurtful for many people. But I, I'll reiterate that that other person is going to be the best thing you've ever done. Be, but if you have kids, if you that have will be that the best person. thing you've ever done. But that's that's the thing. Like, it's it's about how to go about finding this person or them finding you or whatever. But a good thing is knowing your your environment. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna find your significant other in a club. Never. You're, you're not. You're, you're gonna never. find him at laser tag. Exactly. Laser tag. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many weddings I've seen at Laser Tag. Dude, it's, what? It's beautiful. I've cried while also tagging oh people. God. It yeah, was amazing. It's like never at the club. I actually got that from Superbad. Oh, really? I met the missus at Laser Tag. I shot her in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> True love at first. Right, almost sight. Right. Yeah. No, I... Okay, so whatever... The, what you're explaining, how you're explaining a significant other and the love of your life... It sounds great. It sounds amazing. And I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying I don't want that. But I am a little bit closed off because of my past experiences. I'm not 100% closed off of it uh, or whatever. But when you have gone through some stuff, when you're a mother and you have to continually go through these things, you have... And I think that's what your mom has too. Your feminine energy kind of turns into masculine energy where you need to protect because you are the but I feel provider. Like that, I feel like that comes out of necessity, which right. which exactly. is totally understandable. Like yeah. I look like like I said, my heart goes out to every single mother. Mm-hmm. You guys are rocks, good single mothers, because there are bad single mothers. Just mm-hmm. how there's bad fathers, right? Too. Yeah. But my heart goes out to you guys. You guys are superheroes in my sense, but. Regardless of uh, of how good you are as a single mother, you cannot be a two couple. Uh, no, relationship. and it's exhausting. To and, try but to but, be. but don't get me wrong. Like this goes back to our generation. Our, mm-hmm. you're picking from a very tainted pool. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I blame and look and I blame the cultures. Yeah. Uh, I blame the culture. I blame feminism too, mm-hmm. and not women i got i got to reiterate that like i'm not blaming women i'm blaming feminism the 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 ideals like i, I remember like i cuz i read a couple of feminism books mm-hmm. so i can know what i'm talking about judith butler uh was one of the second wave feminisms uh that came out in 1960 if i'm correct my dates are always a little bit off by like 5 years um uh she said that a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bike that is the most retarded <laughs> thing. That's the most retarded. I was trying to connect the dots. To yeah, the way that is that the most re- Exactly. See, exactly. And, and exactly. She was trying to make that saying like a fish doesn't need a bike. So women don't need men. And that's the most retarded thing I've ever heard. I mean, if you don't want to reproduce, then yeah, you don't need a man. Beyond just, re- <laughs> just beyond reproducing, like what I meant about laying down next to somebody, that's very important. Like, and having that person to lean on, like... 
But not everybody wants that. Well, know? look, like not everybody wants to work out. Not everybody wants to eat healthy. Not everybody wants to, t- excuse me, I burped. Um, not everybody wants to take the time to take care of themselves. You're always going to have those externalities, but that doesn't make the rule. The rule is that on average and the majority do want that no matter how bad people want to say like no it's all about me mm-hmm. i can do this by myself i'm a single mother i could do this yeah you can't i was raised by a single mother she was a hard worker she worked three jobs mm-hmm. at some points she's always worked two jobs but sometimes yeah. she even went above and beyond right. and went three jobs she taught me good morals she was a christian she taught me great morals but when you're 13 years old as a a man as a, yeah. a, a kid thinking mm-hmm. he's a man uh you're good i went into games <laughs> i did a lot of horrible things mm-hmm. and not because my mother didn't teach me right from good <laughs> i knew i was doing bad while i was doing those things but i didn't have a father to beat them into mm-hmm. me like because I, I still remember i still remember when i was like 12 ish around the time where you start hitting puberty as a as a teenager mm-hmm. boy i i wanted a male role model but I just couldn't, I, I didn't know where to find one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father should have been that. Right. Uh, but since he wasn't there, I, I remember. You look for it somewhere else. Uh, Denzel Washington actually said it best. He's like, if, if, if you don't have a father in the house, the streets will be your father. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I lived in a poor neighborhood right. with gangs. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, look at these strong men doing what they want. It, mm-hmm. Now I see them as imbeciles and, weak. and, and <laughs> incredibly weak. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, I was like, damn, look at these strong men. Like, that's that's a man. So let me yeah. do that. But at the same time, like, they probably were the same. It, no, yeah, yeah. It's a, self, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a self-fulfilling it's a prophecy. Yeah. And, what, and, and, and look, like I said, once again, I'm not knocking women, especially I'm not knocking mm-hmm. single women because my mom is one of them. What I'm just saying is that in this culture that we're in right now, it's just so easy for women to be like, oh, it's women energy. <laughs> slay, queen, slay. <laughs> like, and... And it's not that you you need a man. You you do need a man. And I'm sorry to say that. And, and look, and I'll even give you this: men need women. Well, definitely. Yeah, if, if you're saying women need men, then absolutely. Uh, men exactly, need women. men need women to be civilized, to be, because men in our basic nature, like you could even go back to Greek mythology, that men are just destructive and very powerful beings. Like like look, I was. Uh, I won't go too deep because I'm pretty sure not that many people study Greek mythology. But like in Greek mythology, there's this, uh, the the main one of the main goddesses is Gaia, mm-hmm. and from Gaia came Zeus, Poseidon, all those other ones. But she, Gaia was a female for a reason. Why? Because she was Mother Earth. She was nature. She was a force of nature. And mm-hmm. from that force of nature came men, and from men came the uh, pow- power to destroy, power to create, and, and and it's all symbolism. And what I'm trying to say there is that. Women have their place in society, but so do men. I'm not when I when I knock on feminism, I'm also knocking on men, uh, because men need to become men. Where we cannot just be playing video games all the time. We cannot just uh, do what we want when we wait. We can't just womanize women when we want. Uh, but if I do have to say something, um, as Dave Chappelle says it the best, he said. Uh, chivalry is dead mm-hmm. and women killed it hmm. and it's true and it's true uh, you women made it too easy for us to have sex with you uh, the 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 re, the re uh, sorry the requirements to have sex back in the olden days was marriage 
you know, you're not going to get sex unless if you marry me. And that's a beautiful thing because that means... Or a cow. You have to exchange a cow. Or a cow. I don't have a cow. <laughs> I have a red car and I will change it for sex. <laughs> no, but... Uh, but... Uh, but that re- uh, prerequisite was there for a reason. It wasn't It wasn't just from uh, for women to, to have that security. Mm-hmm. It was also to civilize men. Yeah. Man, like I, this goes back to what I was trying to say. Men are very destructive, but we're also very. Uh, that's why I said in the beginning of the podcast, I'm either building something up or knocking them down. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. We're a force. Yeah. And women are the things that can control that force, and and that's a beautiful thing. I don't understand why we have to keep saying that it, it's either female or male, or it it's us against them. Like no, like we're we're. we're Women are the boat, sailboat, and men are the air that pushes that boat. Or actually, a better analogy is men are the boat and women is the force of nature blowing the, the air in the sails. We're, we work together and and I think this generation is losing that. I think mm-hmm. we're like, oh, well, we have single mothers or men can just run off and not be responsible for their mistakes. No, no. And no, but most a, of the time, being a single mom is not a choice. It's a choice in the sense. It, it's a choice in the sense of what I was trying to say about chivalry being dead because of women. Women made it too easy for men to have sex, and since men love sex, I don't know if you knew that. Um, I yeah, and, I think I think I knew that. And men love sex at a different level than women. I know nowadays women like to say like, "Oh, I love sex. I, I can have multiple partners." No, that's not true. Trust me, if you could just peek inside the head of a man for five seconds, you'd be revolted and you'll never want to see another man in your life. But what I'm trying to say there is that the reason why chivalry is that because of women is because you girls, you women are the gatekeepers of everything that's precious. You girls are the gatekeepers of new life. Mm -hmm. No matter how much I jack off or no matter how much sex I have, I will never reproduce Mm -hmm. a child. You guys have a superpower. Not only do you guys create a baby inside of you, but you nourish it with mm-hmm. your body. That's a beautiful thing. There's a saying that that the women of the world, uh, the women of the world control the leaders by rocking the cradle, hmm. because every great leader, every important person came out of a woman right. and was raised exactly. by a woman. Goes back to Tupac. Um, I love Tupac. Right. We could, we'll listen to him after. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but just to close off everything, because I know it's a big laundry list of what yeah. I'm saying. And I have something to add to your uh, Of course. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> in the end, what I'm just trying to say is that, yeah, there are externalities that women are having to do this by themselves. And I hate that. But that does not mean that, does not mean that marriage is pointless. That does not mean that finding a person is uh, fruitless. No, mm-hmm. you need to do that. You need to do that. It's a, it's, it's a need just how it's a need for you to wash yourself, to go to work, to pay your bills. It's a need. And it will never not be a need. And the reason why a lot of women and men think that is the reason why this generation is having the troubles mm-hmm. that we're having. And, yeah. Okay, my question to that, why do you think we need to do that? Why we need to have commitment in marriage? Not commit. Um, commitment and marriage, just like marriage. Oh, marriage! Oh, because it's a security. It's a security for the woman, and it's a, and it's a, it's a way to civilize men. Okay. Well, uh, 
What security do you have of sleeping around with men? Oh, I don't sleep around with men. No, no, no. But, but, <laughs> but, but, me who mean no. But hypothetically, <laughs> what kind of security do you have that? I have no idea. It would I've be, never well, understood it, that. Well, That's well, why it, I don't do well, it. Well, it would be zero security. And what I mean by security, I mean like beyond rape, which is a horrible thing. I think any man that does rape needs to be castrated or killed. Immediately. 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 I'll do it myself. Right. I have a sharp knife in my, in my car. Yeah. Anyway. Hit me up, women. I'll fucking kill all the rapists. Anyway. And me too. Um, I'm going to be like the hero. Uh, I wake ghouls. up and choose violence every day. So. <laughs> I eat, sleep, and drink violence. Yeah. No, no, no. no. But uh, what I mean by security is that security of, yes. Because when you girls open up, and I mean physically, um, to us. Because you guys are emotional. We're physical. When you open up to us physically, we open up to you emotionally. Mm. And... Both of those things are very sensitive to that one individual. Okay. And part of that security is that, yes, you're going to open up physically for me, but I'm going to marry you. I'm going to not only be here today, but I'm going to be here until you die or I die. And when we have children, I'm going to be that protector. Somebody mm-hmm. comes in, I'm protecting you. Uh, there's bills to be paid. I'm going to pay them. Not that the women can't work. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. But I will be But I will be the tip of the spear, mm-hmm. you know? And... and yeah. And that's the security that women need. And it, and not only do the women need it, the children need it. Mm-hmm. A father is very important, just like a mother is very important. Absolutely. And then uh, going back to civilized men, mm-hmm. um, like I said, men are either creative or a destructive force. Uh, marriage civilizes them because you're not going to be able to keep a marriage if you're uncivilized, if you're fucking violent all the time, if you're just sexually pervert, perverted all the time. Right. So and and having that strong family uh, structure is good for society. Mm-hmm. It, it it's what build this country. It's a strong family structure, and the and the reason why this country is having a lot of problems is because that structure is diminishing every year. It's diminishing, diminishing, and that's why marriage is important. Is it hard to maintain? Extremely. Is it hard to find? Very much so. But is it worth it? Extremely and undoubtedly, it is. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to wrap this up, but I like the points that you brought up. I was not ready to have a conversation about relationships and marriage or else I would have more things to say. (laughs) I need to write my things down because then I like lose my train of thought. I I freelance all this. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God, there's so many things, but there's so many distractions. Um, I understand how you, you were talking about women and freely giving their bodies at the same I understand that. I don't not everybody. I don't think a lot of people are like that. Like for me, I don't like to be put in a box. I don't like to be put in a category and a label because I am a lot of different things. Well, you should understand when I meant all this stuff was like, in general. General, right, right. General. And but for me, like I understand that to to the point where I don't. This is why I don't open up to people. This is why I'm very um, recluse when it comes to men. But at the same time, I have the op- opposite approach. Like, I'm very mean to guys because I'm like, <laughs> I know what you want. You ain't getting here. You should find yourself a good boy. A good boy. Oh, got it. A good boy. Okay. Well, good man. Sorry. Good boys, are, <laughs> good boys are actually very destructive. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So for me, like, I don't open up in that way to people because. When it comes to security, it's my emotional security that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I've never, and I've never been one to like sleep around. And I have like, my number is very small because of that. Because if I don't have a connection with somebody emotionally, if I can't open up, 
with my partner, we will have nothing. I will never open up with you about anything, especially physically. Like physically for me is the cherry on top. Like if we don't have all these levels of connection, then there's never going to be a physical connection between us. And that's why it's hard for people in our generation because it's the just hooking up culture, like Mm -hmm. these dating apps. It's so exhausting for people like me that it's like, I don't, A, I'm an introvert. I don't want to have superficial conversations. B, like you have no, like I, when it comes to dating, I want to not date. I want to be friends with somebody. I want to get to know them as friends. And then maybe we could date after that. Mm -hmm. That way there's like no pressure. In that situation. Like, I was thinking, like, dates are awkward. Like, I've literally only been on two dates where I didn't know the person. You mean, like, dinner dates? No, there were coffee dates because I, I refuse to I like go. Activities. Yeah, I, like, refuse to have dinner with somebody I've never met. It's like, first of all, I'm a messy eater. Second of all, how are we going to talk when I have food in my mouth? Like, yes, it's just, yes. and then you, ex- who's going to pay? Like, all this stuff. It's like, let's just. Don't do that. If the like, man doesn't pay for the first date, I don't care about... I don't it, care it's, either. It's about shivering. I, I, right. Like, you need right, to right, be shivering. Right. So, I still open up the door. Yeah. See, that's... And I've had that recently. Like, somebody opened up the door for me. And I was like, what is this? What do you want? <laughs> like, seriously, like, what is... Nobody has ever opened the door for me. Right. So, I didn't know how to respond because it is the whole shivery thing. Chivalry thing. That I'm like, I want that. I want that as a woman. I want that. But I'm also a feminist. Like, I, I just want, I want it all. I want everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I want to be treated um, with respect and dignity. And I want to bring out my feminine side. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes when I'm around men, I can't bring out my feminine side because I'm mm-hmm. on guard. Because I know what men want. No, you should definitely be on guard. And I'm always on guard. I'm always like, I'll F you up. Don't look at me that way. Why are you even talking to me? But, like, that's too extreme. I need to calm down. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I don't let anything bad happen to me. But I also don't let anything good happen to me. Well, that's the paradox of I don't want anything bad to happen Mm -hmm. to me. So I'm not going to do anything. Right. And And it's, it's, it's so, like, I'm aware of it. I'm very aware of it. But I don't want to be in the dating pool that is so tainted. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like... But that's why you have to go to ponds. And what I mean by ponds, I mean environments that are mm-hmm. less tainted. I need to go to the library. Uh, library? <laughs> like, look, I met my, my love of my life with books. Mm-hmm. She was wearing a Harry Potter. Okay, I guess everybody's calling me um, today. So we're, we're going to finish it off. There's so much here. Even, like, topics under topics. It's like layers within layers. Um... I, I know we see eye to eye with a lot of things, and then there's some things like we don't, but I also love that aspect of it because everybody's different. And I feel like this is why I have this podcast because I want people to understand other people and know that it's okay to have a conversation, even if you don't agree with somebody. Like, let's just start having conversations about these topics to understand each other a little bit more. Um, but we're gonna, I feel like we're gonna need to do a part two because we didn't even do the other, the other topic. No, I'll be open open for a part two. I'm just very thankful that you brought me here. Well, thanks for uh, taking time out of your day and for, um, stepping outside of your cocoon to do this with me. And, um, we will see Abe on the next episode, a part two. And you guys, um, hope you have a great day. I hope you learned some stuff or had a 
an eye-opening experience or thought a little bit more about um, how you view things on some of these topics. I'll catch you guys on the next episode.